Sunday morning. A lot of churches are doing a lot of things to the best of their ability in this time. But you know, people, as me and Pop, and we've talked about this, people are really getting serious about Jesus now. They're, they're finding that, one of the things that I'm finding is that the church, what we call the church, can't carry you. You in the time now, you got to walk on your own two feet. If you're serious about Jesus, now you'll have to even get involved. The church isn't doing it for you. Now, now you have to get involved. You have to get your family involved. And so a lot of good has come out of this. Uh, families being isolated away from church and other places. Now they've become the church. And that's exciting to me. Message we want to share with you tonight for a few minutes. Uh, I always pray about this. Sometimes I know it's the Holy Ghost. I keep wondering how in the, you know, I know I've got so many messages I got to do, but you know, he always gives a fresh word. Hallelujah. If you will get in the Word of God, if you will spend time with the Spirit, He will always give you something fresh and always remind you. And sometimes what I mean by fresh is just simply reminding us of what we need to know. Uh, new revelation is great. I love it when God gives me a new revelation of a scripture. But you know, we're going to spend the majority of our time just going back over what we already know. The fundamental things, the things that are important, the things that are essential to Christianity. I walk with the Lord. But tonight, the title of the message is The Crossroad at Calvary. The Crossroad at Calvary. The message of the cross actually is found in John three sixteen and 17. That is the message, the total message of the cross is right there. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, that means the death at Calvary, at the cross, that whosoever believeth, and that believeth means to know and receive. Not just to have a knowledge of Him, but to receive Him into your heart. That whosoever believeth, knows and receives in Him, Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And my friends, we can't stop there. Many times we do because verse 17 is just as important. For Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mankind was struggling in the chains of sin until Jesus shed his blood to redeem us back to God. Well, what does it mean to redeem? Redemption means this. The act of saving or being saved from sin, from error, and from evil. That is what redemption is. It is the act of saving on our behalf. It was God reaching out, Jesus reaching out to save us. To what? To redeem us back to Him. To redeem us from sin and from error and from evil. Justification is the act of declaring or making righteous. In the sight of God. Jesus not only redeemed us, he justified us. Now, by giving our hearts and our lives to Jesus and accepting his sacrifice in place of ours, notice now, it's just as if we never sinned. Only the blood of Jesus could have done that. That is the most simple definition you'll ever hear for justification, just as if I never sinned. That's what Jesus did at the cross. He redeemed us, he justified us, and he imputed unto us his right standing with God so that we could be right with God. Now, 
Because of sin. I've heard many preachers say this. I think it's very appropriate tonight. Because of sin, we owed a debt we could not pay. But because of his love, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. Now that says volumes. Again, because of sin, we owed a debt. We could not pay, but because of his love, he paid a debt he did not owe. In Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin, what does that mean? That means the punishment, the sentence, and the verdict against sin is death. Now, it's not just talking about dying physically. It's talking about a lot more than that. The death that he's speaking of is separation from God forever. For the wages, the punishment, the sentence, the verdict of sin is death, which separates us from God. It also represents the place of hell, because that's where we will be separated. That's what sin does. But, praise God, the gift of God, that which cannot be earned, that which cannot be worked for, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That means a sacrifice. That means a relationship. It goes back to knowing Him personally. You know, God our Father is more eager to forgive us than often we ought to even be forgiven. God desires to forgive us and put us in a right relationship with Himself. But my friends, tonight, the subject of the message is the cross is a place of decision for everyone. No matter who you are, doesn't matter what part of the world you live in, the cross is a place of decision. And that's the reason tonight we're talking about the crossroad at Calvary. Once someone is confronted about the cross by the Holy Spirit, it then becomes a crossroads where we decide which way we will go. When you're confronted of your need for a Savior who died on the cross for your sins, then we have to make a decision which way we're going to go. Now, sadly, some turn back and live the way they were living, remaining their own God. Some go to the cross, they're confronted with the cross, their need for a Savior, but because they want to be in control, they want to do what they want to do, they want to live like they want to live, they never even go past the cross, they don't embrace the cross, but they go back to living the way they lived. They become their own God. But then some go to the cross and turn left. That means professing salvation while traveling down a road of fruitless, barren, empty, humanistic living. That means they said they were saved, but their life doesn't show it at all. These are the ones where Jesus said, you speak of me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. These are also the ones that Jesus said, you call me Lord, Lord, but yet you don't do what I ask you to do. They go to the left, some turn back. But even worse are those who turn to the right. You know, the Bible says turn not to the left, and not to the right, but to remain straight. The Bible says that in Proverbs. It says that in Psalms. Don't turn either way, but stay focused on the Lord. Stay straight in the Lord. 
But what about those who turn right? What does that represent? Wow. It's taking the road of religion. Rituals, practices, rules, regulations, and legalism. Religion, not a relationship. The road of religion. My friends, I've said this many times. Religion will send you to hell about as quick as anything else will. Because it's not about what God can do to us for His Son, Jesus Christ, in us. It's about what we're trying to do for God. It's what man is trying to do. It's our methods. It's our way of, well, we're gonna, we know what the Bible says, but we're going to do it this way. And we don't do what the Lord says. Religion is man trying to reach God through his own methods. But a relationship is God reaching man through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. It's a heart thing, not a head thing. I've heard many preachers say that some people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. That's the distance from their head to bring to the heart. They had it here, but they didn't have it here. But you, my friends, tonight, there is a way that's right. Jesus, the Bible says, is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way called straight. You can turn back, you can turn left, you can turn right, but I encourage you tonight, go straight. Embrace the cross and go straight. In Matthew 7, 14, listen what it says. Because straight is the gate. That gate is salvation. That opening to God is salvation. But then it goes on to say, and narrow is the way. That way is Jesus. There is no other way. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. There is none other. The Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. My friends, when you meet people of another religion, they're just as lost as somebody who doesn't know the Lord at all. Well, that's what they believe and I'm not going to bother them. We have a responsibility to tell them the truth. We don't have to be ugly about it. Matter of fact, if you're on fire for Jesus, they ought to see it. They ought to know that what you've got with Christ is working. I remember once going out on the streets ministering with a friend. Met a gentleman who was a Muslim. And my friend was ahead of me and he asked the gentleman, he said, well, Sir, can I take a moment to tell you about the man Jesus Christ? I'll never forget this. That fella cut him off just like that and said, I'm Muslim. That fella come back at him so fast, he said, so how's it working for you? God said, what? He said, how's it working for you? Man, do you have joy unspeakable? Do you have power? Are you walking in the anointing? Do you talk to God? And he, went, he just riddled it off. And that guy puzzled him. He said, well, no, I can't say I've got all that. He said, well, then why don't you try Jesus? If it don't work, go back to your Muslim stuff. Because he knew if it could get him to try Jesus. And I'm just standing, I'm like, wow, I've never seen that happen before. But I mean, he just went right in on, how's it working for you? The bottom line is, if it's not Jesus, it's not working. Always, don't worry about what people think. Tell them the truth. Share it in love. We don't have to condemn. Notice what it said. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world and we shouldn't either. They need to see love. They need to see mercy. They need to see our God and our Father. 
But it goes on to say there is no other way. But straight is the gate, salvation. Narrow is the way, Jesus, which leadeth unto life. That means presently and eternally. And notice what it says. And few, that means people, be that find it. There's a key catch word in here. It didn't say they'd stumble across it. It said they would find it. You don't find anything you're not searching for. And the bottom line is a lot of people are searching for Jesus. They just don't realize it. They're trying to find joy. They're trying to find peace. They're trying to find hope. And this time that we're living in, so many people are starting to realize there's got to be more. And they don't even realize they're looking for Jesus. This is why it's our opportunity as believers to share with them the greatest hope in the world that Jesus is Lord and that He is alive and He is well. Yes. Breaks my heart when it says, few be that find it. My friends, please hear me tonight. If you don't like crowded places, heaven might be the place to go. Because it says, unless I read it wrong, Pop, it says few. Few means few. We are transformed at the cross when we accept Jesus under our hearts as our Lord and Savior. I've always believed that if you're saved from something, you've got to be saved to something. If you're saved out of the water, you're saved into the boat. So what did Jesus do at the cross? It's this simple. He saved us from sin in the world. But he saved us into sanctification and the kingdom. So he brought us out of the world in sin but notice there's a process. Now we're going into sanctification, which means to be set apart for holy living, to be set apart to live like Jesus, to be set apart to reach this world, to love other people, to do the things of God, the kingdom work. So we're brought out of the world into the kingdom. That's the reason Peter said we're in this world, but we're not of it anymore. We've got a new home. We've got a new destiny. We're living in a world in a world. We're living in the kingdom of God. So he saves us from sin only to bring us into sanctification, to be set apart, to be made in the image of Christ. I cannot stress enough the new creation that we become in Jesus Christ. I love what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, Paul says, and the life which I now live in the flesh let me explain that flesh. He's not talking about the old flesh nature. Now he's talking about the body, this body that I'm living in. So look at it that way. And the, the life which I now live in the body, this human body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But notice what he said, I have been crucified with Christ. We spoke about this Wednesday night at the church we attend, Deeper Life Christian Men, uh, Christian Center. You can find it on uh, their Facebook page, a message that I encourage you to look at, Go Beyond the Cross. But we've got to go to that cross. We've got to be crucified with Christ. Jesus said, unless you die with me, you can't reign with me. Now, what does that mean? We don't die for the same reason on the cross he does. He died for the sins of the world. So why do we die at the cross? We die to self. So that Jesus can be Lord. So that he can live to, through us. We die to our ambitions. We die to our will. We die to our opinions. But my friends, as I said before, you will never give up anything for God that he will not reward you a thousand times over. 
The life you thought was good will not even compare to the life he wants to give you. When you think you're giving up something, you really haven't given up anything. You've never really lived until you've walked with Jesus. Once transformed by God's word and by his Holy Spirit, this Easter season, God has really laid it into my spirit to really press in and let people know you can't just come to the cross. You've got to go on past the cross. The Bible says it's not enough just to have salvation. We're told by Paul and others we need to what? Work out our salvation. Not work for, because you can't work for, but because you are in a relationship, we ought to be working it out. How many times have you had a situation you had to work it out? He says work out your salvation, which means walk with Jesus, walk with the Spirit, apply the Word every day. We do it daily. But that new road is called the straight road. John preached about it. He said, make straight the path in the wilderness because the Messiah is coming. And then when Jesus came, the way became straight through Christ. It is a road that is paved by the righteousness, the right standing with God that's been now given to us by Christ. He died on the cross taking our sins and transgressions and giving us a right relationship with God. That's what it means to impute. It means to exchange. He hung on that cross and took all the sins, past, present, and future. But now he's imputed unto us the relationship that he had with the Father. My friends, my mind can barely comprehend that. What did we ever do to deserve it? Nothing. That's the reason it is a gift. I've been made right with God. You've been made right with God because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The road clearly marked by God's powerful, inerrant, and infallible word. You'll never make a wrong decision and you'll never go in the wrong direction because the road that is called straight has been laid out with the word of God, which is inerrant, is infallible, it's never wrong. It'll never mislead you. The road that leads to victory is this road that we're on called straight. It gives us victory over our enemy, Satan, who his lies of fear and doubt and confusion and worry, stress and hopelessness are all defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. The road that he puts us on is a road of victory. We have power, we have authority, we have dominion over the enemy. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is in us. Because of our right standing now with the Father, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. You need to know something tonight. When the devil looks at you, does he see Jesus? Because if he does, can I say it like this? He don't want none of that. When we live and walk and, and we follow Jesus, the devil can't touch us. He has no power over us. He has no authority over us unless we give it to him. He's been defeated at the cross. And God loves us so much that through his son, everything he gave to Jesus, he gave to us. That's the reason Jesus said greater things than even I did you will do in this earth. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know the road that we're on. It is a road that leads to life eternal where death has been defeated forever. Even now, death has no power. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. 
God says, come on home to be with me. So often when I hear Christians talk about, well, I'm just afraid of death. We should embrace death when it comes. It releases us from this limited world into the presence of our Father. It is a welcoming thing. That's the reason God says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because no longer are we bound by this planet and the sin that's in this planet, but now we've been released and the fullest to be with the Father, the Son, all the heirs and the angels and those who've gone on before us. The road that's called straight will lead you that way, that death has been defeated. The road that travels through the place called joy, unspeakable and full of God's glory. You want joy? Then travel the straight road. His name is Jesus. A place where peace surpasses all understanding and is always available on the road called straight. Praise God tonight, my friends. It's a beautiful road. That road called straight. It's not hard to travel because we don't travel it alone. The Holy Spirit is always with us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are always our companions leading and fellowshipping with us like the men on the road to Damascus when they were walking with Jesus and they just they were overtaken by His, his love and His compassion and His wisdom. And I love what they said when they realized it was Jesus and He vanished. They said, did not our hearts burn within us as we fellowship with Him? You know, you can have that same thing. I can have that same thing. You know, God invites us to fellowship with Him and Jesus invites us to fellowship with Him by the Holy Spirit. Our hearts should burn within us on the road called straight. It will. The road where every sickness is healed and every broken heart is mended. A road where love flows like a mighty river. That road called straight. That road of Jesus. Just beyond the cross. Remember now, you got to go beyond the cross. Can't stop there. It's a road of comfort. It's a road of hope that is plentiful. It is a road where every tear will eventually be wiped away and death, hell, and the grave will forever be defeated. It is a road that will take you to our precious loved ones who have gone on before us. You know, my most recent has been my father that's passed away, Curtis Mills. I think of my daddy every day. But you know, I've known a lot of people who've walked, stepped over that boundary and gone into the glory of the Lord. And one day, if we stay on that straight road, we're going to meet them again. You see, it's not over. They're not dead. They're more alive than they've ever been. It's going to take us there one day. It is a glorious road, that road called straight. My friends, tonight, this road will lead us out of this corrupt, broken world into a place that's called heaven where we can be in the complete, unlimited presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all that's gone on before us. That road called straight. Jesus is that road. But will you, have you denied yourself, taken up your cross and followed Him? Because again, we stress, you can't stop at the cross. You can't turn back. You can't go left. You can't go right. If you're going to know the fullness of the Father, the Son, you've got to go straight. The only way to do that is to take up that cross. You die on that cross to self and then you embrace it. You take it up and then you follow Jesus. 
and he'll lead you in the way that's called straight. If you're on that road tonight, and many of you are, all I want to do is encourage you, don't look back, because unless I'm wrong, there, there is a scripture where the Bible says that when you're plowing and you look back, you're not worthy. Because if you look back, you're embracing what's behind you and not what's in front of you. But my friends, tonight, embrace what's in front of you. Stay on the straight path. I want to encourage you, press on with Jesus. Celebrate Him. Rejoice in Him. Praise Him. Worship Him. Thank Him. And do it often. He is the road called straight. And if you know Him tonight, embrace Him. Thank Him. Love Him. Fellowship with Him often. Let Him bless you. But tonight, in closing, if you don't know Jesus, there's no better time than now. No better time than right now to call Him to be your personal Lord and Savior. My friends, I was 13 years of age at Blackjack Church in Pitt County, North Carolina. When I walked that altar, I bent my knee on the right side of that altar and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And my friends, it's been a, yeah, I've messed up some along the way, but he ain't never let me down. He's always been faithful. He's always been good to me. And I want you to know tonight, if you don't know him, I invite you right now. There's no greater time than tonight. Tonight represents when he died on the cross for our sins. Tonight he was suffering. Today he was ripped and torn and mocked and spit upon. And yet he still went to that cross to die for you and to die for me. But will you embrace him tonight? Will you love him tonight? Will you ask him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? Will you give yourself to him tonight? A simple prayer just like this. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior and what you did at the cross. I believe in my heart that Father God raised you from the dead. I confess my sins that I'm a sinner, but I accept your salvation. I give my life and heart to you tonight. Use me to your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. A simple prayer just like that will put you right with God tonight. You're at a crossroads and you just made a decision to die to self. Pick up that cross and follow Jesus. And everything we've shared with you tonight is available to you. Now if you've made that decision, please contact us and let us know. We've got a book entitled, What Next? 13 Steps in Your New Walk with Christ. We'd love to send that to you tonight as a gift. We want to rejoice with you in your decision. But again, if you already know him, press on, my friends, and rejoice in the Lord.